2: Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no holds bar trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees. I'm your co host, John Spees. And today we've got two special guests. Together, they are half of the pub trivia experience and the boozy bracketology podcast in one corner. This man's devastation will leave you a cripple. The pain through you is gonna ripple. His favorite hashtag is free the nipple, and he never leaves a dangling participle. It's Tim Dipple. Hey, Tim, say hi and tell everybody hey. a little bit about yourself.
3: <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm Tim. I'm from uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, and as you mentioned, I am one fourth of the Boozy Bracketology and Pub Trivia Experience. Uh, Pub Trivia Experience is a uh, you know, it's your standard trivia podcast. We we do a number of different formats. Uh, Boozy bracketology is a little bit different. It's uh, we get drunk and argue a March Madness style bracket down from 32 or 64 all the way down to one to crown a champion.
2: All right. Fantastic. We're going to talk a little bit more about that soon because uh, in the other corner, we got to meet your opponent. He's a man fraught with danger. He's brought his A game and will not let you win. And he'll seduce you with a sensual knot. It's Mike the Sexpot, Mott. Hey, Mike, <laughs> you sexy, sexy man,
0: you. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, I'll be completely honest. I'm pleasantly surprised there were no applesauce references <laughs> in there. I was I was mentally preparing for that. Fair, but, fair. But yeah, as, as uh, Tim said, uh, we, we know each other uh, through uh, the Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology podcast. We're as you said half of the uh, team there uh tim joined us just last year uh started out as a enthusiastic fan and came in with a boatload of ideas and then started beating me a lot at trivia so <laughs> that part that part i didn't like quite as much i'm hoping to get a little revenge on him today
2: all right well maybe that will happen uh but first we've got to let everybody know the rules
1: entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia here are the rules Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants, but the decade will again be randomised from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown.
2: All right, so now that we know the rules, I do want to get to know y'all a little bit better. But I do want to mention, I want to throw out uh, a nice little shout out to our friend Drew Buxbaum, my friend and yours, uh, because I heard you guys on the Nerd Off podcast. You happened to mention our podcast that you guys listen, which is massive. Thank you, uh, and you guys were like, oh, I'd love to be on that show. I'm like, okay, we got to make this happen. <laughs> uh, so maybe some uh, revenge can happen. I will say it was awesome. It was hilarious. You guys got my name right, but you screwed up my brother's <laughs> name. and so- <laughs> <laughs> so mea culpa i <laughs> so love you john It happens but uh yeah it happens it's all good and i'm gonna throw out my formal plea to be on boo- boozy bracketology at some point because i too enjoy drinking and i enjoy yelling i am very very um uh, opinionated i will say ha- and especially get me drunk i want to be on that one so i'm throwing that out there and because obviously drinks are involved i want to know what is your favorite Mixed drink, shot, or cocktail?
3: Oh, that's easy for me. Uh, I make a pretty mean white Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've taken to sprinkling just a little bit of cocoa powder just on the top. It's really right. good. It really brings a nice uh, a, a nose to it. So the white Russian.
0: Okay. Uh, white Russian is a great choice. Uh, I'm a big Lebowski fan as well. But uh, for me personally, it's just a good old-fashioned, old-fashioned
2: Okay. Yeah. And uh, I do love me a White Russian. I am a big whiskey guy, so uh, Old Fashions are really uh, top tier as well. Um, For me, I'm going to throw out, I've got two that would have been automatic wins. um, Either... The insensitive Irish car bomb. I am a definite fan and I will challenge anyone to a, you know, speed drinking car bomb (laughs) test test. Um, (laughs) And then also something that'll get you where you need to go and doesn't taste alcoholic at all, but has all the alcohol is a Long Island iced tea. I do Mm. enjoy those between the old fashioned and the white Russian. I'm not the biggest bitters fans, but I am a big Lebowski fan, and I do enjoy a good white Russian. I like the addition of the cocoa powder on top. So that means, Tim, you get to pick your category for first.
3: Okay, let's start with
2: uh television. TV. And we will start this game off in the 90s. Okay. We've got a question by Will Boylan. Thank you, Will. <laughs> Before Saved by the Bell was the Saved by the Bell that took place at Bayside High in Los Angeles, it was Good Morning Miss Bliss and took place at John F. Kennedy Jr. High School in which city?
3: Um, I would
2: have
0: to say Boston. Boston is incorrect. Mike, can you steal? Uh, I know the state. I'm almost positive it's Indiana. I'm not sure of the city, so I'm just going to say Indianapolis. Indiana is the state, but Indianapolis is the correct answer. <laughs> oh, See what I did nice.
2: there? See what I did there? I right. <laughs> <No>, you did. <laughs> Good job, Mike, starting off with the steal. Uh, what category do you want to take? I'm going to go with movies. Okay. And your decade is the 60s. Oof. Okay. okay. We have a question from Chris Hasse. Thank you, Chris. Bert Lancaster played this titular character, a smooth-talking, traveling salesman turned evangelist in what, or in what 1960 drama? Lancaster won the Best Actor Oscar for his portrayal.
0: <laughs> oh man, I don't know that I know this. I know I know Bert Lancaster from a number of movies, but I don't know that I know this one. I'm wondering if that little giggle at the end was a was a clue, I'm sure it was, but I don't know if it's helping me get there at all. I got I got nothing. I'm going to have to pass.
2: All right. We're passing back to Tim.
3: Yeah, I feel like I probably heard this recently, but I I don't have anything. I got to pass.
2: Okay. The laugh at the end was a bit of a hint. I'm not sure it was the best Elmer Fudd laugh. Uh, but Elmer oh. Fudd was trying to get to Elmer because the character was Elmer Gantry. Elmer Gantry. Yep. Ah. Elmer Gantry. Yep. All right, Tim, we're back to you. Let's do
3: uh, Toys and Games.
2: Mm, toys and Games. We're just a bunch of crazy toys and games. <laughs> and we're staying in the 60s. Okay. What alliterative toy by wham was launched in 1962? It consists of a seven-foot plastic hose attached to a nozzle, which is covered by a bell-shaped plastic head. Over a decade later, it was recalled due to its involvement in the unfortunate deaths of a three-year-old in 1975 and a four-year-old in 1978.
3: Well, until you started saying the the bell and the recall, my my first instinct was hula hoop. Uh, so I mean, I don't have anything better. We'll go with hula hoop. Hula hoop is
2: incorrect. Mike, can you steal?
0: I, I got nothing here. Um, yeah, uh, the alliterative thing would have probably led me to hula hoop too, but I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think like it's something that's would would spin, I guess it's like a seven. You said seven foot hose with, um, I, but I just, I don't have anything.
2: All right. Yep. Seven foot hose with a nozzle. Uh, which means it was going to be attached to your spigot. And it, uh, unfortunately, some kids popped off the thing and ended up drowning because they put it in their mouth. It, it was terrible accidents. Uh, but it was called the water wiggle. Water wiggle. So <laughs> Okay. Uh, never heard of it. Cool. That's because it got recalled. <laughs> yeah, <You know>, never <laughs> right, heard of it again. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Mike, I think we're back to you.
0: Well, Tim and I were saying beforehand, Let's try and stay out of the '50s and '60s, yeah, as, yeah. If, as if we had any uh, say in that. So, uh, let's see how this one goes. I'm going to go with music. Okay.
2: It's worse. It's the '50s. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> All right. In 1954, Eddie Fisher scored an eight-week number one hit that originally appeared in the Swiss musical comedy written er, in a Swiss musical comedy written by Paul Burkard. What was this father-friendly song that originally had a German title?
0: Father-friendly song that originally had a German title. Eddie Fisher. There's a lot of information in that question. Can you, I'm sorry, can you read it one more time?
2: Not a problem. In 1954, Eddie Fisher scored an eight-week number one hit song that originally appeared in a Swiss musical comedy written by Paul Burkhardt. What was this father-friendly song that originally had a German title?
0: Gosh, originally had a German title. (laughs) Father-friendly. Yeah, okay, I got all the information. I just don't, uh, I don't know any father-friendly song. Um, I'm trying to think of something with dad or Daddy I do not I don't I don't have anything.
2: Daddy is incorrect. Tim, can you steal?
3: Oh man. I I mean I'm I'm sitting here going all all of the pieces kind of point me I mean I don't know I'm kind of leaning towards something from the sound of music. Uh just because uh some of the clues there but i don't have anything
2: i'm just gonna say edelweiss edelweiss is incorrect no the uh the song itself that uh the german title oh mein papa to me you are so wonderful and then yeah so oh my papa or oh mine papa either or all right yeah, never would have gotten there. Yeah, fair. That's a tough one. <laughs> All right, uh, Tim, we're back to you.
3: Let's do, let's do literature.
2: Yeah, literature coming at you. It's the '60s. Oh my gosh, guys! <laughs> Killing <laughs> us. All right. What play by Tom Stoppard was first published and staged at the Edinburgh Fil- Festival Fringe? In 1966, the work expands upon the exploits of two minor characters from a much more well-known play and is set in Denmark. Oh, it wasn't until you said the end that I think I
3: got it. Uh, let's make sure I get the title right. Um, it's a uh, Rosenkrantz and Guildenstern. I, I don't. Rosenkrantz and Guildenstern are dead.
2: <sighs> <Darn it>. Rosen <laughs> Rosenkrantz and Guildenstern are dead is correct. <laughs> okay, <laughs> getting some points. Now we're back to Mike.
0: <laughs> oh man! Well, I was going to go literature next, so mm-hmm. don't know what I'm going to do. Uh let's go news and politics. Okay.
2: In your decade is the 70s. 70s. Getting closer, at least. Launched in April of 1970, Apollo 13 was the seventh crewed mission in the Apollo space program and the third meant to land on the moon but the lunar landing was aborted after an oxygen tank in the service module failed the crew included jack swigert fred hayes and what other astronaut who served as commander uh jim Lovell. jim Lovell is correct of course prayed was, pre- portrayed by uh, tom hanks
0: Yep, you know, i've seen that movie a ton of times oh, i love that movie
2: phenomenal it's one i haven't seen in it's been too long, but I remember like it's just it's just a, a great, almost a perfect film kind of thing. It really is. Yep. All right, back to Tim. We have fashion, slang, sports, and food left. Uh
3: let's do Let's do slang.
2: Okay. We are staying in the 70s. <laughs> Man, we <laughs> cannot break into anything later. Alright, slang from the 70s. In the 70s. What four-word rhyming phrase might you hear if someone wanted to say that all is well or everything's fine? All is well or everything's fine.
3: Can you read that one more time?
2: Of course. In the 70s, what four-word rhyming phrase might you hear if someone wanted to say that all is well or everything's fine?
3: feel like i'm picking up on a clue there and i cannot pull it so i gotta pass
0: all right mike what are your thoughts uh with the emphasis on here i'm trying to come up with something with like sound or something like that uh and i'm not getting anywhere uh so uh i didn't catch that until the second time after the first reading my thought was maybe good in the hood so that's what i'm gonna say
2: all good in the hood is incorrect you definitely picked up on the here it's yeah. sound as a pound oh sound as a pound no yeah. all right we are heading back to mike which uh between fashion sports and food what do you want
0: i'm gonna go sports okay <laughs> it's still the 70s oh my god
2: <laughs> well the oh, second goodness. you know what the second half and maybe the final round will be all later you know think about exactly that. all right in 1967, the NHL added six teams, the California Seals, L.A. Kings, Minnesota North Stars, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, and St. Louis Blues. It was the largest expansion in professional sports history, and it took eight years. But which of those teams was the first to win the Stanley Cup?
0: Can you just what was the year they added them? Uh, 1967 was the year okay, they so added they, them. so they won it in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um hmm, hmm. hmm. Okay, probably not the Seals, Um, or they would probably still exist. Uh, I don't know hockey very well. I'm kind of going between the Flyers and the—you said the Flyers and the Penguins were two of those, right? That is correct. I'm going to say the Penguins. The Pittsburgh Penguins is incorrect. I know exactly what it is now. Tim, can you steal? Can you
3: list those teams again?
2: I can. So they added six teams, the California Seals, the LA Kings, Minnesota North Stars, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the St. Louis Blues.
3: Okay, so if I remember correctly, the Blues just won it for the first time in the last few years. Um, the, uh, the Kings, it wouldn't be... I'm torn between the Minnesota North Stars and the Philadelphia Flyers. And I'm going to say, toss the imaginary coin,
2: uh, Minnesota. The Minnesota North Stars is incorrect. So you both had it between two teams and you both picked the wrong team. ha <laughs> ha! It, it was, was my favorite team of all
0: time, the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Given Philadelphia's uh general sports history. Yeah, sure. That's why I, I went away you. from them. Yeah, yeah, I don't
2: I don't blame you, so. All right. Tim, we're back to you. We've got fashion and food. We'll go with uh food. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's still the seventies. Oh my gosh.
0: Ah! Good grief.
2: Okay. Well, I'm expecting this one to get some some points. What beer was first introduced in 1978? The longtime slogan of Silver Bullet does not describe the beer, but rather the silver-colored can which it is packaged. Okay, that's got to be Coors Light. Coors Light is correct. Nice. All right, a little booziness to help you help things going. And we will see if Mike
0: can do well with fashion. I can spoiler alert, probably not. Although it would be really <laughs> ironic given that given the way this round has gone if yeah. I get a fashion question of all things. Especially
2: because it's gonna be fashion from the fifties. Oh <laughs> wow.
0: That's okay. I don't even know fashion in when I was alive, so what style head-over-heels
2: headwear was first popularized in the years leading up to World War I, though it had a revival in the 50s? This wide-brimmed circular or saucer-shaped design was typically worn at an angle to show off the curve of the, of the brim, rather than being worn at the back of the head like how a halo hat would have been worn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that uh, is tough. Yeah, literal, literally no idea. I'm just going to say uh, fedora. Fedora
2: is incorrect. Tim, can you steal? Um, read that one more time. I'm sorry. Sure. What style head over heels headwear was first popularized in the years leading up to World War I, though it had a revival in the 50s? The wide brimmed circular or saucer shaped design was typically worn at an angle to show the curve of the brim rather than being worn at the back of the head uh, like how a halo hat would be worn.
3: Let's go with the the bowler hat.
2: The bowler hat is incorrect. Uh, is a tough one. I uh, I tried to squeeze in a a clue with the head over heels um but it's very tough. It's called a cartwheel hat.
0: Cartwheel oh, hat. Yeah. So, yeah, no chance.
2: The fair. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is the end of round 1. John, where do our contestants land? All right. Well, we got a slaughter going on right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mike has 20. Tim has 20. And yep. Adam has 60. Yeah, I'm kicking <laughs> butt with some uh, tougher questions today for sure. But uh, you know what? I'm glad getting these some of these tougher ones out of the way. All right. As Tim got to choose first in round one, that means, Mike, you get to pick first for Tim in round two. I think we're going right back to fashion. Yep. All right. It is the ever popular fashion, double fashion. And it's the seventies. Wow. (laughs) Okay. What upscale clothing retailer currently owned by the gap was originally started in 1978 to sell items that complement a safari and travel lifestyle. Its name can also refer to a politically unstable country with an economic, with an economically dependent upon the export of natural resources.
3: And that's where I got it. Uh, Banana Republic.
2: Banana Republic is correct. All right. What category do you want to give to Mike?
3: Oh, (laughs) Now that you're leading and, you know, (laughs) I see the pain
2: in uh, Mike's face on that. I'm so so mad. (laughs) Let's
3: give him
2: slang. Okay. And it is the 90s. Hey, we finally made it. Well, I guess one other time. All yeah. right, Mike, for you, and I've had this question for way too long. Laser-assisted in situ keramatiliosis has been helping people since 1991, but of course, that's an eyeful, so it was quickly shortened to what? Can you repeat that? I can. Laser-assisted in situ carat- keratomiliosis. Has been helping people since 1991, but of course that's an eyeful, so it was quickly shortened to what?
0: Oh goodness! Um, laser assist. Good grief! And this is a slang question. Yes. Uh, I got. I, I really have nothing here. Um, I don't want to ask you to repeat it again because it's a, such a mouthful. Um. Such an okay, so it's something that was an eyeful in the 90s. So I I don't know. Specs, I have no idea.
2: Specs <laughs> is incorrect. And Tim is looking like he knows this one.
0: Yeah, I think I picked it up real quick. Uh, LASIK,
2: oh, for Pete's sake, LASIK, laser assisted in situ keratomiliosis is LASIK. That is correct. All right, Tim getting the steal, and Mike, you got to give him another category. I do. Uh, I'm going to throw a literature at his way. Okay. It's still the 70s. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. <clears throat> what spinoff magazine that ladies definitely only read for the articles first came out in June 1973? The first cover featured Lyle Wagoner, best known for his work on The Carol Burnett Show and playing Steve Trevor on the 70s Wonder Woman show.
3: Uh, I mean, if if there's any article, if there's any magazine, you only read for the articles. Uh, It's got to be. So if it's the spin off, it would have to be. Playgirl.
2: Playgirl is correct. You see, and that's why we can put it into the literature category, because they read it for the articles. (laughs) Obviously.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: All right, Tim. What do you want to give to Mike?
3: Hmm let's go with toys and games for him
2: okay it's the 50s oh my goodness <laughs> Woo! well so far two 90s questions and 180s questions i think is what we had no, no not a single, not 80s a question. single questions. or wow, 2000s two, yeah or 2000s yep. okay but our 50s toys and games question Scrabble was first created back in 1938, but it wasn't until 1952 when the president of Macy's played the game, loved it, and pushed for its sales in his stores. What would be the value of the word Scrabble based on its tile value? <laughs> Shoot!
0: Oh man, uh, let's see. I've had this. I've had this one before, and I don't want to say too much out loud in the case I get am like off by one and Tim has to steal. So let me just let me just scribble scribble scrabble a couple things real quick here and do some math I was told there would be no math
2: (laughs) we've never made that promise that's another podcast you're confusing us that's that's 100% (laughs) true (laughs) I'm going to say 16 16 is incorrect Tim
3: can you steal okay so right off the bat I know the S is one the A is one the E is one and the R is one so that's four I think the Bs are two each, Uh, so that's eight. The C, I think, is three points, so that's 11. And the question is the L, is that one or two? And my initial thought was that it's two. So I'm going to say 13.
2: 13 is incorrect. Oh, is it 12? I think it's 18. <laughs> You're all wrong. <laughs> okay. So Words with Friends has actually kind of really screwed it because they have a different. Yeah, they have. Num- and so definitely it definitely happens. So. So for Scrabble, the S is one, the C is three, the R and the A are one, the Bs are both three, the L is only one, and the E is one. So that totals 14. 14. But yeah, you're right. Words with Friend, I think, has uh, them off a little bit on a couple of those. Yeah. So. All right. And John, I forgot where we're at already. Who's who's talking to who? I totally lost myself. I think it's, I think it's that's Tim Pick Toys and Games Tim, for me. So all right. All right.
0: It's, it's me to hand Tim one. Uh, Tim, you're getting news and politics.
2: I always appreciate that you guys... the the, the Guests always seem to know way more than John and I do, so... (laughs) All right. Mike, thank you for picking for Tim. And it was... uh, What was it? News and politics. Yes, sir. And decade will be the 80s. In 1986, Geraldo Rivera held a live opening of a walled-off underground room in the Lexington Hotel in Chicago, once owned by what famous criminal, when uh, it turned out just to be empty? uh chicago criminal al capone al capone is correct <laughs> whoo we don't want to get a runaway it, here you might have the double win there. win on nerd off and win off throwback No, oh, we can't have that happen all right but good job <laughs> yes al capone <laughs> all right tim <laughs> what do you what do you want to give to mike between movies music tv sports and food
3: movies music tv sports and food let's give him food
2: Okay. And that is also the 80s. Okay. What restaurant was introduced in 1980 and designed to create a restaurant that had a hometown, hometown pub feel at affordable pricing, which led to their ad slogan of "Eating Good in the Neighborhood?
0: Oh, gosh. I think that's Applebee's. Applebee's is correct. Woo.
2: Like he Applebee's on a date night. Or whatever. I hate that song. <laughs> I really, really can't stand it. But yes, it's Applebee's. All right. All right, Mike, what do you want to give to Tim? Mm, let's see.
0: I'm going to give him music. Okay. And it's the 60s. 60s.
2: What bodily fluid-based rock group with three hits in the 1969 with You've Made Me So Very Happy and When I Die, and Spinning Wheel.
3: Bodily fluid-based singing group. Uh-huh. Blood, Sweat, and Tears.
2: Blood, Sweat, and Tears
0: is correct. Yep, Good job. Nicely done.
3: Alright. I will be honest. I didn't even know I was saying the name of a real band. I just yeah. went bodily fluids
2: yeah <laughs> blood sweat and go. tears i think is one of the most interesting sounding bands to come out of the 60s a great yeah. great voice in their lead singer mm-hmm. i think the one I, re- I recognize the most is spinning wheel yeah. i think that's a pr- they're probably their longest lasting biggest hit so all right uh tim what do you want to give to mike
3: uh let's give him what do we have left we have
2: movies tv and sports
3: let's give him sports
2: And it is the 80s. The USA topped the medal table at the 1984 Olympics with 83 golds. Which country came second with 20? Hint, it was the only member of the Warsaw Pact not to boycott the Los Angeles Games.
0: Hmm. (laughs) I remember that was the boycott year. Um, But I couldn't tell you all of the... Uh, Countries that were part of that Or the ones that boycotted So that doesn't help me at all Um Let's see It was the summer games right Mm -hmm. So okay I am In that case Going to say Uh I don't know East Germany
2: East Germany is incorrect Tim, can you steal? Let's go with...
3: uh, um, Okay, so summer games, that's where you have gymnastics. So that might have been something that helped. Uh, uh, I've got so many countries floating through my head here. Um, Let's
2: go with Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia? Is incorrect. I thought you were going to get there in gymnastics because around that time, who was the most well-known gymnast? Guys- yeah, and I
3: couldn't place where she was from.
2: Yeah, so uh, that was Nadia Comaneci. And John, do you know where she was from? believe she was from Romania. She was from ah. Romania. It was, Ro- it was uh, Romania. Yep. That's yep. better known than Mary Lou Retton? Yeah. Uh, I, Nadia Comaneci was like the first perfect 10. So oh, okay. that's she's, she was awesome. Uh, okay. What uh, where are we at again? Okay, no, yeah. Mike is picking for Tim, and you got movies and TV left. Tim, you're getting movies. Okay, saving TV for yourself. <laughs> it's the 70s. Oh, gosh. Okay. And we have an explain a film plot badly. So I will give you a year and a bad description of a movie, and I need you to name that movie 1978. High school student abandons all standards to win back a horny teenager with slick hair. Uh, in fact,
3: I think this came up with a another explain the plot badly over on Nerd Off. Uh, but I think that was the one Chris played. Uh, it's Grease.
2: <laughs> it is Grease, and yep, <laughs> Buxy does use those as well. So,
3: just a just a <laughs> different description.
2: Just a different description. Yep. All right. Well, we have TV left for Mike. And, Mike, you got to get this one. I'm just throwing that out there. Yep, I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I hope you know your 60s TV. Oh, my gosh. Not a single 2000s. Okay, well, so far, but there's still the final. All right, and we've got a question from Vernon Heggie. Gilligan's Island aired from 1964 to 1967. It was a wacky uh it was a wacky and wild world of pure imagination. Gilligan was Bob Denver's character's was Bob Denver's character's last name, but what was the character's first name? Oh gosh.
0: <laughs> I have no clue. I've literally I know the song. Never watched the show. Uh I might have caught bits and pieces here and there. Uh, I'm, I don't have it. I don't have anything. I, can can you read it one more time just in case I missed a hint?
2: Of course. Gilligan's Island aired from 1964 to 67. It was a wacky and wild world of pure imagination. uh, Gilligan was Bob Denver's character's last name, but what was the character's first name?
0: Wacky and wild world of pure imagination. There's a lot of W's in there, and pure imagination makes me think of Willy Wonka, so I'm going to say Willy or William. Willy is correct (laughs) good job
2: and way to think through it (laughs) not usually my strong suit all right (laughs) right. that is the end of round two john where do we stand all right well uh mike's willie saved him from elimination there (laughs) (laughs) that's (laughs) great uh mike has 40 to tim's 80 okay exciting there is still potential for some madness to happen Alright, but we need to know what are the two questions that are gonna gonna be going into our final round. Tim, you as you are in the lead, which category do you want to pick first? Okay,
3: let's go with Oh there, there there's still so many fifties and sixties out there, surprisingly. Um let's go with movies. Okay.
2: It's
0: the 2000s. Wow. Mm. Okay. Oh, man. Let's see. I was actually going to go movies, too. Um, But we'll mix it up. Let's go. Haven't been doing very well on this one, but let's try our luck. We'll go music. Okay.
2: It is also the 2000s. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. So we did... (laughs) (laughs) finally yes we did not get any two thousand until our last one so the two of you need to put in your wagers for based on two thousands movies and two thousands music
3: do we send that to you
2: you can sure that's fine i I mean i also trust you guys Uh, again our motto is if you're cheating on our little simple
0: podcast then i shame (laughs) on you (laughs) right exactly get a life right yeah uh yeah do you i mean i I'm if, you just write it, if you write it down, that's fine. I, 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 wrote, it, I wrote it down Copy this that. card that I will put over here. <laughs> okay.
2: All right. Now that our wagers are in, let's get our questions. And our 2000s question for, we'll start with movies, is an explain a film plot badly. Again, I'm going to give you a year and a bad description of the movie. 2008, a father has to go pick up his daughter. And our 2000s music question. What band had a top 40 hit with their cover of a monkey song, I'm a Believer, which appeared on the soundtrack to the 2001 movie Shrek? While our contestants are thinking about their answers, I'm going to shout out, let's shout out all the uh, podcasts from the Beef Up network, John. We have got, what do we have, Blast From Our Past? Yeah. We do that yeah. one. Cartwright of Seinfeld podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, Comics Underground. Yep. Uh, we've got uh, Talking Back. Mm-hmm. We got podcasting after dark. Podcasting after dark. Uh, we got action, action. Action, action. Of course. I get the guys. They're going through every action movie out there. It's fantastic. And people don't forget. Yeah. Throw that as well. So make sure you guys go check out all of the podcasts. If you like nostalgia, check out all the podcasts on the Beef Up Network. All right. Do either of you need a question reread?
3: Can you just reread the movie one again?
2: Of course. Explain a film plot badly? The year is 2008. A father. Has to go pick up his daughter.
3: Man, that really is badly.
0: It really is. Oh. I'm locked in. Give you about
2: 30 ish more seconds. How about that, Tim? All right. Yeah, we're closing in. You got something? Sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, we got to continue on. All right. So, we need to hear our answers and see what how things uh, turn up. Tim, I want to start with you this time. What were your answers to the 2000s music and the 2000s movies question?
3: Okay, so the 2000s music one, I knew was uh Smash Mouth. Um, But the 2000s movie one, I spent a lot of time trying to think through that. That's when the Marvel universe started. And I was trying to think of Disney at the time I was in Iraq that
2: year. I don't remember what was out. So I have nothing. All right, Mike, what were your answers to the two questions?
0: Uh, like Tim for the 2000s music, uh, I knew right away it was Smash Mouth. Uh, and like Tim, I went down a very similar, uh, thought process. I was like, Marvel started around that time. Uh, I thought about Disney. I briefly went to Finding Nemo before realizing that was several years prior and it wasn't his daughter anyway. Uh, and then I finally settled on a movie and I think it took me a while to get there because I've actually never seen this movie or its sequels before, but I believe this might've been around the time that the movie Taken came out. So I locked in with Taken.
2: Well, our correct answers, of course, the 2000s music was Smash Mouth, and the bad plot explained was for Taken. Absolutely. So
3: as soon as we, you said it,
2: <laughs> I saw so, your reaction. <laughs> so we need to see uh, how things turn up. So what were your two
0: wagers? Uh, I wagered it all because mm-hmm. that was where I was at. And Tim, it's a podcast. Big fat zero. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: All right, John, mathematicize us up. Adam, we got a tie. It is 80 to 80. Oh, man. 80 to 80. This has gone very exciting. All right. And so, uh, Mike, will you get redemption from your Nerd Off loss? Tim, will you assert your dominance? (laughs) It's all dependent on our tiebreaker question. And I'm going to have to do a lot of bleeps for this one. (laughs) South Park's fifth season episode, It Hits the Fan, broadcasted a record-setting amount of profanity when they said the word how many times on television uncensored. So whoever uh, gets the number closest to the actual number will uh, get the points. Well, we'll get the extra bonus point and win the game. I will lock in. Okay. Uh,
3: yeah, we'll go ahead and lock in.
2: Okay. All right, Tim, how many times did they say to your uh, recollection?
3: I remember this episode. I remember it being a lot uh the number I went with was roughly, if you figure 22-minute episode, almost 10 times a minute, so I said 215.
0: Okay. Ah. And Mike, I remember I remember this episode too and they had a counter on the bottom. Mm-hmm. So, uh I was trying to remember what that counter was. I didn't think it quite got to 200. For some reason, the number 161 stuck in my head. So that's what I locked in with. Okay. All right. And the total number of shits that were said in
2: the It Hits the Fan episode were one hundred and 62. Ooh. So even though you're off by one, wow. uh, we do not do uh yeah, we don't do any kind of other crazy rules. You're only off by one. Mike is the winner of the day, Ooh. getting the bonus uh question correct wow. the tiebreaker. Well done, sir.
0: Good grief. Well done. <laughs> I, I given my performance during pretty much both the regular rounds, I'm not sure I deserve it, but I'm happy to come away with the victory nonetheless. Well, uh, the the clear, you know, the, I saw the light bulb of taken when that yep. happened.
2: That was very impressive. So, well done. All right. Well, we'll save your little extra comments to the end. But Tim, as the big time loser of today's episode, uh, is there anything you want to promote again, or scorn, or anything you want to do?
3: Yeah, I mean, you can find us on the Pub Trivia Experience podcast. Uh, we're starting to play with some different game formats um as well as the boozy bracketology podcast i don't know when this one's coming out right now we're doing the uh best tv holiday episode podcast or bracket and i think and mike can correct me if i'm wrong i think next we're doing best queen song
0: that's correct nice all right and mike anything you want to shout out uh well tim already uh shouted out pub trivia experience and boozy bracketology we have a lot of fun over there i would highly uh suggest y'all check those out uh i i just wanted to give you guys a shout out because uh tim had obviously been listening to y'all when he uh gave you a shout out on nerd off but i had not and so and then when y'all reached out and said you guys want to join i'm like let me listen to this thing and i am hooked you guys put on a great show i certainly uh appreciate all the content you put out and appreciate you having us on uh, and especially appreciate you letting me get a little redemption against him <laughs> 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 yes well done well
2: done uh yeah we very much enjoyed having you guys on again we appreciate any shout outs that you guys have given before get me on boozy back get me on boozy back bracket that's 100
0: percent happening yep all that right means, that so, <laughs>
2: sounds good i'll show off my whiskey collection and really talk about everything except for my favorites so all right well, this is a fantastic episode. Thank you guys for joining, everybody. Check out Pub Trivia Experience. Check out Boozy Bracketology. For John, I'm Adam. This is another episode, of Throwback Trivia Takedown.
1: Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast, or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to takedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown.